Chapter 30, Concept 3, Digging Deep and Really Changing. Many people have tried to lose weight, stop smoking, quit substance abuse, give up drinking, become more religious, and make various other important life changes. All of them really want to change, yet most of them keep falling back to their previous behavior. Why? Let's bring an example to prove the point. Oh no, not again! The effect of incarceration on former prisoners has been a very common topic of discussion for many years. In most cases, it is believed that many prisoners will find themselves right back where they started, in jail. The Wikipedia says, In the United States, 68% of males and 58% of females are re-arrested, and 53% and 39% respectively are re-incarcerated. That means that almost everybody who comes out of jail ends up back in jail. NewYorkCity.gov says 83% of smokers who quit smoking start again. 81.8% of alcoholics who quit drinking start again. And 80% of drug addicts who quit drugs will relapse within one year. So let's analyze this. Why is this so? Why is it that most people are not able to permanently change their lives even once they come to the realization that they hate what they are doing and they really want to stop? If you are successful in figuring this out, you will be unstoppable because then you will be in possession of the secret to successfully make any life change that you ever decide to make and have the ability to stick to it forever. And then you're a winner. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll. The secret to successful life change is to understand that when you do anything, that action that you did comes from a thought that you had, which is generated by your mindset. So your mindset is what controls your thought, which then controls your action. Therefore, the only way to really change is to identify the origin of the corruption within your mindset, the first spot where you parted from the healthy outlook on life. I want you to imagine someone named Yankee. And Yankee started off as a pure, precious Yankee. But somehow he drifted off the right path and began to live life as Jack. In order for Jack to truly be like the Reb Yankel that he was meant to be, that he would have been had he not veered off the right track, he cannot just walk from where he is now to where he would have been had he stayed on the correct path. Rather, he needs to unwind and go back and walk all the way back to the point at which he first started to veer off and then follow the correct path. There are no shortcuts. There has to be a way to unwind your brain and go back to where you started getting off track. When a smoker begins to smoke, his first cigarette, his fifth cigarette, his 20th cigarette, at that point he was making a choice. He had the mindset of a non-smoker choosing to smoke. But now, after 10,000 cigarettes, he's a smoker. 
The mindset of a smoker is going to control his thoughts, his urges, and then, of course, he can't win and beat the action. He has to find a way to regain the mindset and the thought process of a non-smoker. The Nesiva Shalom says, Hashailah Ikrisi, the main question is, Ech ba'i love machshava loitoiva. When you feel the urge to sin, the main question you need to figure out is, how did you end up here? How did you end up on such a low level that you would even really consider to do such a low thing? After all, there was once a time that you never would have thought of this. You were more pure. You were more innocent. And when you started to veer off track, you never would have even considered this sin to be a possibility for you. And so... If you are trying to mend your ways, you must dig deep into your own psyche until you reach the earliest point that your mindset went off the proper path. Here's a practical example of what we're talking about. Just not eating fatty fried foods is not enough to help you lose weight and keep it off. Okay, of course you need to stop the fat intake, but that's just the first step. What will make you successful in keeping the weight off is clearing your mindset of all the influence you ever had that affected your mind to want to eat unhealthy and lead an unhealthy lifestyle. Only when you see a dieter embrace a healthy lifestyle with a new healthy mindset, generating healthy thoughts and ideas, including drinking water, going to the gym, not eating after 8 p.m., etc. Only then do you know that he truly is serious about changing his weight and he has a chance to succeed because he changed his mindset One dieter drools over fried food or delicious cakes and feels like, oh, such a nebuch that he's so deprived. But the other one has emotionally freed himself and moved on. Even though the fatty food still looks good to him, he could appreciate that, just like to anyone else. But he knows that for him, it's poison. And therefore, it doesn't entice him. He knows that this will not lead me to feel good about myself. And therefore, it's just not worth it. Two people, both trying to lose weight, but one is still tied to the fried food, to looking at everything and saying, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. The other one says, poison, poison, poison. And to that person who managed to change his mindset, the thought of exchanging long-term happiness and true fulfillment inner fulfillment for short-term pleasure is absolutely absurd to him because it goes against everything he stands for and what he wants to be. Two people walk by a delicious hot dog stand. They both are really hungry and have the same craving for a delicious, fully loaded, fresh hot dog. But there's a problem. Both of them have a heart condition and both of them are not allowed to eat saturated fat. One can't control himself and he eats it. The other walks away. He has a higher agenda, something more important than a hot dog. So which one is the winner? The Nesiva Shalom says, the problem with the sinner, the problem with one who cannot change the way that he's acting, even though he already came to the recognition and the mindset that this is wrong for him. Shanasa Meshubid the 
the real reason that your life is not what you want it to be is not just because of the low actions, the sins that you currently do from time to time. Rather, it's because your calculator in your pure Yiddish mindset became corrupted. And that is why you end up making wrong decisions over and over again that are not in your own best interest. Furthermore, even once you feel bad about acting out in a shameful, sinful manner, and you really do want to change your life around, you may still find that it is difficult to successfully do so until you dig deep into the innermost point of your subconscious to search for and rectify what is corrupted deep inside of you. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Repeat performance. Wikipedia brings down, one of the main reasons criminals like Jack find themselves back in jail is because it is difficult for them to fit back in with normal life to be that Yankee that they really wanted to be. Many prisoners report being anxious about their release. They are excited about how their life will be different this time. They'll be Reb Yankel, which does not always end up being the case. As we said, almost all of them end up repeating their bad behavior and ending up back in jail. We got to get to the root of your mindset. The Gemara says in Masech Tzavayi Zara, the Tanya Rebbe Liazer Oimer, Minayin Laakol Avodis Kechavim Shitzarech Lisharish Achreha, Talmud Loimar VeAvadatem Es Shemam. Jewish law dictates that if people worship something growing in the ground, such as a bush or a tree, and you want to destroy that idol that they worshipped, it is not good enough to just cut off what is above the ground. Rather, you must dig all the way down to the deepest roots and completely rip it out so that it can never, ever grow back again. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Getting to the root of the issue. In allaboutlawns.com it says, Weeds creep up and prevent crops from growing properly. Farmers who just cut off the weeds that grow above ground are in a constant battle to deal with the destructive weeds as they regrow. On the other hand, farmers who are smart use the latest scientific inventions to kill the weed all the way down to its deepest root so it will never be able to grow again. What about pulling weeds? Weeding is often considered a dreaded task, especially when it comes to pulling weeds from the ground. However, when it comes down to it, it's the quickest and usually the most effective way to do it. Most annual weeds should be pulled out by hand unless they have already grown too far out of control. The important thing to remember when pulling weeds from the ground is to make sure you pull not only the weed, but also its roots. Many deep-rooted weeds can grow up to six inches into the soil, and if not removed, those roots will regrow back again. When digging out the weed, make sure that you remove as much of the root as possible. Remember, the root should be completely removed, even to its root depth. If the roots are six inches deep, make sure you dig the roots up from that depth as well. So now we understand that just like you got to get rid of weeds, that's what the Gemara is telling us. In order to really, really get rid of a Zara that comes from the ground, don't just cut it off. Don't just knock out what you see, but get down deep and rip out the root, which is exactly 
what we need to do with our own mindset that produces bad thoughts, sinful thoughts that afterwards create sinful actions. The Nesiva Shalom says, the first step is, Of course, when you are finally ready to crack down and really change your life, you will have to stop doing the things that you know bring you down. Because as long as you're still involved with those destructive actions, how can you really expect to separate yourself from them? How can you raise yourself up while being pulled down? How can you climb a mountain with ankle weights on? However, here's where people make a mistake. People often make a tragic mistake and think that that's where it ends. That stopping the action is the final step to recovery. When in fact, not only is that not the final step, it is the very first step. It's only a prerequisite to allow you to really uproot the thoughts in your mindset. Certainly you need to fight outside in and stop the actual corrupt activity. However, at the very same time, you need to fight inside out, changing your inner mindset and purifying your perspective so that you would never even want to perform that sin again because it's beneath you. Then Asiva Shalom brings down that a big tzaddik said before he died, that the problem with living a low life is not just the chatoim, the sins, but the metzius of your life that is not on a high level. This is the root of your problem. It's not just the actual sins that you do, for they are just the outcome of a much larger, greater, and deeper problem. The fact that you are living your entire life on the wrong track. Now it's time to take charge of your life. You must seek and destroy the enemy and every sleeper cell that set up a home base within the crevices of your mindset. But fighting one at a time will never work. The only choice is to make a complete life change that will destroy all your enemies in one full-blown assault. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Extreme Solutions The Nesiva Shalom brings down a beautiful example. There was once a man who needed to clear a whole forest of its trees. So he went out every day with his axe and proceeded to chop down one tree after another. Although he was working very hard, he realized that even if he would work the rest of his entire life, he would still never get the job done. So what did he do? He lit a huge fire and burned down the entire forest. The lesson is, As long as you are living the same exact life as before, even if you try to become better, you are boxed into that same old mindset and your options are limited. Therefore, you have to be ready to change not just your actions, but also the entire path of your life. You must lift your outlook on life once and for all and surround yourself with people who you look up to. Changing Direction the Beis Avram said as follows. Doesn't say, Yazav Rasha Maisov Oyavay Noisov, Ela Yazav Rasha Darkoi, Esaderech Hamavi Osoy Lira, Vizegam Hemshechakosov, Vish Oven, Machshevoisov, Shakavonali Huri Avera, Shehim Bechlal Shirishara. If a person is living with crooks and hoodlums, and he decides to straighten out his life, 
it is obvious that he cannot continue to live among those lowlifes. If a person is living with drug addicts and he decides, oh, I'm going to go clean, it's obvious he will never be successful unless he changes everything around him and he surrounds himself with people who he looks up to who are doing the thing that he wants to do. And then he can have a chance of succeeding. And that's the message of the Beis Avram. The Torah doesn't say, Yazav Rasha Maisav Oyavainoisav, that the Russia should leave over his actions or his sins. It says, Yazav Rasha Darkoi. The Russia needs to leave the path that he's on. He needs to rechange his entire life in order to succeed. You can't stay in the same life surrounded by the same things and expect to have a different outcome. If you want to really change who you are, you must be ready to completely change the path that you are on. As it says in Lech Lecha, Vayoymer Hashem al-Avram, Hashem told Avram, Lech Lecha me'artzecha, umimaladetcha, umibesavicha, el ha'aretz asher ar'eka, ve'eschel l'goy godol va'avarechecha va'agad l'shemecha ve'heyei bracha. This is exactly what Hashem told Avram. Leave! for your benefit, for your growth. In this atmosphere, you cannot become you. Get away from your surrounding influences. Get out. Remove yourself from your corrupt family. Lose those bad friends, those terrible neighbors, and even your entire city if they are immersed in sin. Why? Because you will never become the real you if you stay put where you are. You have great potential lying inside of you that is being smothered by the surrounding atmospheric pressure. Understand what is at stake here because becoming who you want to be, fulfilling your potential and living a life that you will not regret, is there anything that should stand in your way? Is there any sacrifice you can't make for yourself so that way you could be proud of who you are? Yes, you may have to change the way you dress. You may have to change where you work, where you live, who your friends are, who you associate yourself with, how you talk, how you walk. All the way deeper and deeper, releasing yourself from anything that is holding you down and preventing you from reaching your true potential. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Fresh Start the Nesiva Shalom brings down the following example of a man, we'll call him Muttal, and he had a huge storage house filled with grain. One day, part of the grain became moldy, and the mold began to spread and ruin all the grain. When Muttal noticed what was happening to his fortune, he had a great solution. He started to add in more and more grain into the warehouse to make up for what was rotting away. But in reality... This didn't accomplish anything. On the contrary, the more that Muttal added to this warehouse, the greater loss he will have as the mold spreads onto more and more of his property of his investment. And also, he will then have even a bigger mess to clean up when he finally gets around to empty out and clean the storage house so he can begin again with a fresh storage house. So there were two terrible things that happened. By investing more grain... He loses more money and has a bigger cleanup. The only correct thing for Muttal to do 
is to take everything out of the storage house and thoroughly disinfect it from any drop of mold. Only then can he begin to refill it with good grain. Only then will his stock be safe. If part of your life is moldy and rotting away, the only true solution is to cut it out of your life once and for all. Otherwise, it will always be there alive and well, and it will continue to spread its influence onto other parts of your life. Don't take anything in your life as a given. Start putting your life together piece by piece as you would like it to be. If you have a friend that you know is bad for you, sorry, cut him out. Don't be stuck with him for the rest of your life and deprive yourself of having the life you should have had because you couldn't separate yourself from the bad influence. If it's your environment and that's what's holding you back from reaching your potential, then you must consider releasing yourself from those ties as well. Lech Lecha. Instead of once again trying again and again to improve within your current limited parameters, it's time to really take charge of your life and reach for your destiny. You need to sometimes leave the entire derech, your whole path, because sometimes people do tshuva on one individual part of his life, one avera, one sin, or another kind of sin. But he doesn't leave the whole derech. He doesn't completely restart his entire life to set up his life in a way that is hecher, that is higher, so that way he won't be tempted to fall again with those same sins. If you are intellectually honest about what you want to change, you must get to the root of the issue. Just as you can't be serious about losing weight so long as your house and office are full of hidden stashes of chocolate bars, so too... If your struggle is with a computer, then how can you really expect to change until you throw it out of your life? As long as that computer is still a part of your life, your entire struggle is over what you watch on it. You may even think that you're doing great and putting up a decent fight against the evil inclination. However, it is the Yitzhahara itself who set the parameters of your fight. It is making sure that you only put up a fight about the end result and not about the real issue at its source. It's happy that you have the computer and you are fighting over how many times you're going to watch inappropriate content. So even your fight is being controlled by him, the Sahara. He is the one setting the rules and the boundaries of your fight against him. For once, it's time for you to control the parameters of the fight. Say, no, I don't want to have a laptop. If someone living in a trailer park decides to elevate his life, get a full-time job, quit drinking beer, get some teeth, and make a real-life change, he wouldn't be too successful as long as he still lives in a trailer park. As the Nesiva Shalom says, Tshuva alaveris, he ka'amur davar kal, biyachas l'tshuva zu, Doing tshuva, repenting, for actual sins, individual sins, oh, that's easy compared to what we're talking about, which is doing tshuva, returning, changing your entire lifestyle. This is really hard work. Stopping the actual act of stealing, for example, is much easier than changing every influence of your life so that you don't even have the urge to steal. And that's what we're fighting for now. A stained past. 
We say in Eicha, Hashiveinu Hashem Eilecha V'Nashuva. The Navi Yirmiyahu says, Hashem, return us to you and we shall repent. Chadesh Yomenu Kikedem. Renew our lives like the days of old. Every sin you do leaves an imprint on your mind. Even after you repent and the actual sins are forgiven by God, your mind, though, is still affected and infected by what you did and the thoughts that entered your mind. That's how you become less and less pure, less and less innocent, less and less naive. So therefore, merely stopping the actual sinful actions will not automatically rewind and return your mindset and thought process to be pure like that of another person who never did those sins. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Kugel Damage In honor of Rosh Hashanah, Mr. Schoenfeld bought his wife a brand new beautiful white tablecloth. On Erev Rosh Hashanah, he woke up early in the morning and spread out the new tablecloth and it looked amazing. When his wife would come downstairs in a few hours, she would be in for a big surprise. And then he left to go Davin Shachris. While he was out, his two-year-old son Beryl woke up and came downstairs. He opened the fridge and found a potato kugel that his mother had made for Yantif. Rubbing his little eyes, he sat in his seat at the Shabbos table and enjoyed himself, eating right on the new tablecloth. When Mr. Schoenfeld returned from shul and noticed what little Beryl had done, he worked very hard to take each piece of kugel off the tablecloth. Obviously, the oily residue could not be removed and the beautiful new tablecloth was ruined. The Nesive Emes explains, when we say, Hashiveinu Hashem Eilecha V'Noshuva Chadesh Yomeinu Kikedem, Mevakshem Anu She'akadosh Baruch Hu Yichadesh Yomeinu Kikedem Kikoidem Achet. Hainu Loirak Limchaik Es Pu'ulas Achet, Ela Limchaik Afes Horoisham She'nase Bonu Al Yedei Achet. Shaniya Nikiyim Utohirim Kiilu Loyosinu Bhlau Esamasim Aroyim Vabhusim Neged Ritsoina Yusbarach. We cry out to Hashem Khadeshyomenu Kikedem Renew my mindset Kikedem back to the olden days Kikoidemachet the way I used to think before I sinned before I brought foreign and low thinking into my mind. Once upon a time, I was a pure, innocent, and naive, good Yiddish child. But now, after all of the many low thoughts and actions, I need you, Hashem, to clean my mind, to give me back my innocence. Stopping sinful, corrupt actions is easy compared to purifying your mindset. And that is exactly what's necessary in order to definitively turn your life around forever. So, you have a big battle ahead of you. Fortunately, you have a very powerful father to help you. The Nesiva Shalom says, The main advice for someone who needs help to break away from the root of evil that has built trenches within his mindset is to beg and plead for Hashem to help you. So let's get ready to work hard, but don't forget to pray. And you'll go higher.